0: Sit
1: to reason
2: Welcome back to the Atheist Experience. I'm your host, Russell Glasser, and with me today is Tracy Harris.
0: Hello.
2: Uh, Today is Sunday, July 7th, 2013. We are a live call-in public access atheist television show based in Austin, Texas, and dedicated to promoting positive atheism and the separation of church and state. We're available through live streaming video at ustream.tv. The official Atheist Experience website is atheist-experience.com. You can provide feedback by commenting on the official show blog at freethoughtblogs.com slash A-X-P or you can email us at tv at atheist-community.org. If you enjoy the show, you should also uh, check out the related podcast, Godless Bitches. You can find links at the Atheist Experience website. And as always, the cast and crew of the Atheist Experience will be going to dinner after the show at Threadgills at 301 West Riverside Drive, arriving at around 6 p.m. Uh, so, a few things have been happening lately. Last night, Tracy and I, along with Don and uh, Show fa- co-founder Joe Zemecki, yeah. were on the Trolling with Logic podcast, where the sound quality was horrible. But <laughs> they made up for that by um, accidentally double-booking us with James Randi. So, uh, we got to... Uh, have have kind of a conversation with him, and then we got to do our own thing after that. Yeah. Uh, so, if you want to hear the uh, the replay of that, which I'm sure will eventually go up, uh, Google trolling with logic. Yeah. I don't it know wasn't how just I'll... a
0: normal podcast either.
2: Yeah, no, it was an all night marathon kind of thing. Yeah, but
0: are we allowed to say what it benefits? Or... No, okay. We're not. Sorry, we can't talk about it more. But you could probably look it up if, yeah. if something like that were something you were interested in finding out right. more about.
2: Um, also. Um, upcoming, uh, let's see, our blog is on Freethought Blogs. It has been for like a year or, or a little more than a year, I think. And uh, so we've gotten together at Freethought Blogs and and uh, we're going to be hosting this thing, which I'm calling a virtual convention, even though that sounds kind of cheesy and lame. It's actually super cool because all the... Uh, Uh, All the bloggers on Freethought Blogs and a bunch of other atheist celebrity types are going to be doing this convention thing uh, where we're going to be doing a variety of Google Hangouts where we give panel discussions and uh, and take audience questions in the Hangouts. Uh, The blurb at PZ Myers blog says... Freethought FTB Con, which you can Google, all one word, FTB Con. It's a free online conference organized by the Freethought Blogs Network. It will take place on July 19th through 21st and will focus on social justice, technology, and the future of the Freethought movement. Uh, I'm going to be doing an hour or possibly two-hour panel with uh, Jamila Bay, who's a national radio host and awesome. Uh, and, uh, Dave Silverman's gonna be there. Uh, Dan Finke, who we, who we talked to a few weeks ago, is gonna be doing his own thing on a panel. Uh, my wife's going to be doing a women in gaming type thing. And, uh, I know Beth Presswood has got her own thing. So, um, July 19th through 21st, look it up. How's it going, Tracy?
0: Okay. All right.
2: Any, uh, anything to share today, or uh, should we just dive into the callers? Um,
0: I do want to mention one thing, because I promised uh, someone who wrote to us that I would mention it. Okay. We had somebody send us a letter um, about a a person who was uh, set on fire and killed in Iraq um, because they're gay. So obviously the response, I guess, was to burn them to death in the street. Mm. And I they asked if I would mention you know, the... <coughs> the treatment or the the position of gays in iraq and so i wanted to just kind of you know i i did look it up i did start doing some research on it and there wouldn't really be much that i could add that i think most of our regular viewers wouldn't already guess uh it's the laws there are extremely ambiguous and sort of back and forth about whether or not they actually even allow people to be gay there or whether or not they uh, protect anybody that might be gay from certain types of uh, treatment. Um, And when it comes to a place like that, a lot of times there's a lot of vigilante sort of honor justice. And so you get uh, people being killed where it may or may not be state endorsed, but a lot of times it's not really uh, that badly punished or looked at as that much of a problem. It's very similar to what you hear uh, when it comes to Uh, honor killings of young women who might be uh, accused of holding hands with someone uh, or something, you know, just that bad. And so between the ambiguous sort of laws that are not clear on a position in Iraq and the vigilante justice that is so common and not really uh, harshly punished or policed that well and uh, the honor killing culture... uh, i just want to kind of throw it out there that uh, gays are in a very similar boat to women uh, in that regard as far as you know and it, i guess you know in some ways there's all the, there's a little bit different thing i mean it's like at least you can, you're allowed to be a woman <laughs> and exist as a woman even if your existence is uh you know very much um you know persecuted and you're not treated really totally human at least you're not you know illegal for how you are uh, or what you are and um so that's a little bit of a difference there and I, I, I you don't even know what to say I mean you hear about uh, Uganda a lot I guess is, is the, uh, the nation that is synonymous with the gay hate and the gay abuse um, but just to kind of I guess point out that it's not just Uganda that there's other nations where this is really bad um, and also where uh, I, you just you, you wouldn't want to live there and be gay uh, and it's just I, I can't imagine that existence, and I I feel disturbed that there are people who have to live in that situation, and I feel disturbed by people who uh, continue in nations like our own to advocate for anti-gay legislation and anti, you know, uh, just gay hate. Um, people who endorse and condone and promote bigotry and um, prejudice and. Uh, just, I. They are, you know, they. We may not be burning them in the streets, you know. Maybe sometimes we just beat them to death here in the United States, outside of a bar or something. But, and I'm, I'm not. I'm saying that to be flip, but it's like a sarcastic flip. It's not like I really take that to be nothing. It's not nothing. It's something, and it's shameful and it's horrendous behavior and people who are. That's kind of bigoted and that kind of prejudice you need to be called out on that um, and don't give them a pass. And when they sit there and act like they have no idea why you would consider their position similar to racism uh, and they are just that clueless, it's, you know, I, there's no excuse for this. There's absolutely no excuse. And if they can't understand why that what they're promoting is harmful and wrong and hideous, um, at some point, you know, you can try to explain it to people. And if they're, if they're not going to get that, then we just need to move along without them and make a world where we protect people who aren't hurting other people and where we uh, don't really give a, much of an ear to those who would promote harming other people in some way, either by stripping them of their rights or actually physically, you know, violating them in some way.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, there has been some good news that I guess I might as well bring up, which is that within the last week or two, uh, the Supreme Court uh, struck down a part of the Defense of Marriage Act, which uh, basically um, says... <laughs> I should have prepared for this better, but I believe that it says that uh, in individual states, uh, like, individual states can't refuse to recognize uh, gay marriages that have taken place elsewhere, or... Or am I wrong about that?
0: Now, that I don't know. Jen ought
2: to know, (laughs) but... Um, but anyway as soon as they uh, as soon as they struck down that ruling a bunch of stuff like uh, Proposition 8 in California like went away and they immediately like the next day started gay marrying people Uh, consensually (laughs) a whole bunch of straight people weren't rounded up and gotten gay married against their wills. That's the
0: important thing to remember.
2: Okay. They only ruled on part of on part of it, which is which is the the federal benefits part. The federal Federal benefits benefits part. Okay. So if you're working, if you're working and uh, they they are offering federal benefits to spouses. So if you're working at a federal job, then uh, no matter what state you live in, you get federal benefits. Right. Okay. Got it.
0: Right. Okay.
2: Uh, and on that happy note, if you've got <laughs> nothing else to say, I don't. Good. That happy and confused note. <laughs> uh, we got Scott in Buffalo, New York.
3: Hi, Tracy and Russell. How are you? Good. How are I'm? you?
1: I'm
3: great. Great. Um, I'm a first time caller. I called. Um, <clears throat> well, actually, I wrote you guys a little while ago, so. If I sound familiar, or my name sounds familiar. That's probably why okay okay um, I wanted to talk to you about the I'm an atheist, and I wanted to talk to you about the um, monument uh atheist monument that was set up in Florida. Okay. To as a result of the Ten Commandments being up in Florida near the courthouse.
2: Sure. Right. Do you know how um, this was set up? Was the
0: Freedom from Religion Foundation promoted this recently. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I,
3: I just I just wanted to ask you. I'm I'm not sure how I feel about this uh, as an atheist. I I feel like it's a compromise. Um, I feel like I'd rather much rather have the uh, Ten Commandments taken down than have
2: a, uh, a statue or a plaque or Yeah, well, a I, monument. I agree with you. I would rather that public property not just basically be a dumping ground for, uh, for everybody's various religious statements. But the problem is that um, a lot of these cases about the Ten Commandments have already come up, and in a lot of cases they were allowed to stay. And so uh, this action to put up sort of a counter-monument is the kind of the best that atheists can do for now. Um, right. Is show, well, if you can put up your stuff, then they at least can't give you uh, favored treatment. That's, that's uh,
3: very true. I, I just... I don't know. It just seems like another plaque to strike down once, we, once we're once able to get those Ten Commandments down, which I'm still hoping that people are fighting for.
2: Yeah, well, I'm sure they are. Um,
0: yeah, there's been, there's been a couple of cases that have gone through, and some of those Ten Commandments monuments have been allowed to stay up, and sometimes they've been stricken and had to come down, and it just depends on the state, and it depends on the case and the arguments that are made. Um, and Russell is right. Cr- you the see the same thing with nativity scenes uh, on public property, where, in order, in some cases, the city will remove them, and in some cases, the city will allow them. And they understand that if they allow that, they have to allow other things. And so they do. They've even done these lottery things where you can do <laughs> like a lottery to get a slot on, you know, the uh, public grounds during the holidays. And they, there have been some atheist uh, displays that came out because of that. Um, and it just depends on how how this how it gets handled. Whether they take it down, whether they don't take it down, and then they have to put up you know whatever anybody wants to put up. Uh, I guess in a in a certain structure. Um, I don't. I, I but I think yeah. I think we would agree that really religious statements are not the place you know not to to be uh, confused with public settings like like government public settings clearly.
3: Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I won't take up much of your time. I just wanted to hear what your opinions were about that
2: yeah well, I mean we agree with you it's just that you know theocrats are just constantly going around trying to I think I heard Jeff D once say basically you know do be like a dog peeing on everything to make it smell like them <laughs> so that, so that they can claim ownership of it and uh, yeah. you know I think that They have to be fought and countered in any way that we can manage.
3: All right. Well, thank you for your input, and I appreciate what you guys do. You guys
1: are great. Thanks for calling. Thank you.
2: Thanks for calling. Uh, Liz in Clearwater, Florida.
1: Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. Um, I just wanted to talk a little bit about maybe get some advice from you guys. Um, I was raised in the Mormon church. Um, and I find a lot of my family and my friends back in Utah just have very archaic beliefs when it comes to marriage equality, and gender roles, race, that sort of thing. Feel myself growing very like resentful and angry at some of the things that they believe. And I feel like in order to still love my family, I have kind to of sacrifice my morality and. You know i don't really want to to feel that way and i'm just kind of struggling to find ways to sort of let go of that resentment but still hold to my beliefs that you know people should be allowed to marry the person they love that women shouldn't be shoehorned into these gender roles et cetera. Et cetera. i'm wondering how i kind of reconcile that
2: i don't think you should let go of your resentment resent away <laughs> uh... Uh, I mean, they hold rotten opinions on things, and I think that uh, it's, you know, the wrong reaction to sort of back off and say, okay, I just don't want to start a fight. They're the ones starting the fight.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can actually just refuse to discuss it with them. I mean, I assume that they're aware of your opinions.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, but even people that are more on, like, the liberal side of things, you know, in my family still have that attitude of, like, okay, you can believe what you want, just shut the hell up about it, you know, like, yeah.
2: I mean, you tell Respond them. Then kind. you shut the hell up about yeah, it. Exactly. Respond in
0: kind. Just tell them that as long as they, that, if they're going to open their mouths about their bigoted opinions, that you are feel welcome to give your uh, your response. If they don't want to talk about their opinions or they don't want criticism about their opinions, they're welcome to not express their opinions around you. Um, and at, at the, by the same token, if they won't shut up about it, um, you have the right to associate or not associate at will. And you also have uh, the right to tell them that you don't have to... What was it? I think it was Hitchins said, I don't have to uh, come to every argument I'm invited to. <laughs> and you don't. I mean, Once you've told them what you think, you don't have to keep repeating yourselves just because they do. They understand your position on it. They understand what you think about them and their position. And if they want to just keep having that merry-go-round of stupid... They're welcome to do that, but they're not going to do it with involving you constantly in it. Right. Did you say they live in
1: Utah? Um, A lot lot of them do, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's good for you because you're in Florida, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That helps. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I I mean, I favor a totally tit-for-tat Position on uh, on religious discussions. I don't go around ringing people's doorbells or inviting people to, you know, just telling everybody, hey, if you believe in God, then you're stupid. I mean, I don't think that. But right? uh, but if they're gonna bring up a religious argument, uh, you know, if they're gonna say, well, I think you know, gay marriage should be illegal or whatever, then they're inviting me to. Yeah comment on their opinions, and they don't have the standing to to tell me I should shut up.
1: Yeah. Well, even I, I find that even when it's not really about arguments and things like that, like if we don't talk about it, I still find myself feeling resentful because, you know, my family defends, you know, prophets of the church who told kids that, you know, Caucasians should only marry Caucasians. They think that that's perfectly fine that a prophet said that. And even if we don't argue about it, I still just find that completely absurd. And I just sure. feel so, like angry and resentful about it, even if we don't
2: ever argue.
0: You know? welcome, welcome to a family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't
2: force people to not believe terrible things. You can, all you can do is let them know that you don't agree with them and uh, you know, either have those knockdown, down drag-out arguments or avoid those people.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. I wish we had a magic bullet, but we don't.
1: <laughs> Anything else? Well, um. No, that was it. Thank you okay, for sure. good luck with your yeah, family. Try, I mean,
0: try to keep a sense of humor about it. Maybe you know, blog about it or post. Uh, make yourself a separate Facebook page where you can post to your. Uh, reasonable friends and mm-hmm. kind of you know get let some steam off and laugh about it and have some fun with it and st- you know just oh you'll never believe the goofy thing my aunt so and so said or however you want to word it but you can you can go and have some fun with it you know and and know that uh, we're heading in a in a more liberal direction and so that's a good thing
2: right yeah. <laughs> okay well thank you so much sure all right thanks for calling thanks uh, Michael in Kirksville Montana. Hello, Michael. Michael, I'm sorry. Is, is yeah. this me? Yeah. you yeah, Oh, did you say Montana? That's what they
0: called it.
2: Mo. Oh, Missouri. Yeah, M- Missouri. <laughs> oh crap! There's too many Mo states. Mt. That's okay. No, okay. No, uh, hey, Montana's MP. a great state. So I don't, mind, uh, I
4: don't mind. I don't mind the Montana. yeah that little <laughs> comment there. So anyway. Um, I'm sorry if there's there's a specific topic that I'm moving off of today, Um, but I am familiar that you guys are aware with the Kalam Cosmological Argument, and I would just sort of like to get your take on uh, why it is that you either do or do not accept the premises to the argument.
2: We're totally familiar with the Kalam Cosmological Argument, but just in case the audience isn't, why don't you go ahead? and explain it.
4: Oh, okay. Well, so you wanted to just go through the argument. All right. Um, so the first premise would be whatever begins to exist has a cause. second premise would be the universe began to exist. And the conclusion would follow from that uh, logically that uh, the universe has a cause. Now, obviously, one could sit there and say, well, why does that cause have to be God, yes, and I actually sympathize with people who say that okay. um, because it doesn't seem like an argument that just leads you straight to the conclusion of God. You have to do a little bit more um, digging, I think, and and I don't necessarily, uh, you know, I'm a theist and I like the argument, but I would also say that it, you know, it doesn't necessarily lead us to. Um, something that somebody has to call God. If someone thinks that that is a, you know, a misleading uh, term, or you know, it certainly doesn't lead us to any specific God, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that at all. Uh, wait, but the argument seems to be very compelling.
0: You find it very compelling, even though it doesn't lead to a God? Well, no,
4: no, I, I but no, not necessarily. Um, it doesn't lead us directly to a God um, that uh, we can. Uh, I'm trying to. Uh, do you understand what I'm trying to say? It doesn't, I don't see lead, it how it leads to any kind of a God. Prove it in the same way that.
0: I don't think it even uh, hints at it. Something has a cause. Therefore, my toaster broke. There's, well, there was a cause for it. Therefore, God. How does that? I mean, I don't even get it.
4: Well, I'm sorry, what don't you get? If my toaster hear-
0: breaks, there's a cause. Why would I say it's God? I mean, how do I get to God from there's a cause required? Yes, there's a cause required for why my toaster broke. Why in the world would I assume it's God? Okay, that's
4: a good question. Yeah. Um, so, I'm sorry, you were going to
0: say um. No, no. I mean, unless you...
2: Well, well, I mean, the, the other question... That is a good question, though. Uh, but uh, the other question I usually ask... Just to make sure that we're all on the same page, is what do you mean by the universe? Uh,
4: by the universe, I would mean all, uh, uh, all of space and time. Matter, oh, okay. And
2: so, and how do you point. know that began to exist?
4: Okay. Uh, well, it, that that comes with the, my view of the a, a theory of time. Okay. Um, there are. I mean, some people appeal to the. The the Big Bang. I don't necessarily like it. Yeah, to go- yeah, but
2: I mean, but when we talk about the Big Bang, that's a different use of the word universe because that doesn't necessarily encapsulate all of space and time, although I think Lawrence Krauss's lectures would imply that it does. But the universe as we know it in the Big Bang uh, is, is only sort of a state transition. Like, the, the known universe that contains all the galaxies we have is not the same as, like, the set of everything that exists, as far as we know. I mean, like, there could be, like, a bigger metaverse around the universe that started with the Big Bang, for all we know. Uh-huh. So there, there's no certainty that the universe, in the sense of everything that exists, started with the Big Bang. Or, or okay. began to exist.
4: Okay. Yeah. No. And I could and, and I could sympathize with that. I could. Okay. You know. I could understand that. Um, and that's typically why I don't like to go uh, the the big bang route. Um, however, if we if we also don't uh, and I don't know if you do or not uh, allow the infinite regress, then if there was another. Uh, let's say there is another universe before our universe or whatnot. Um, I, I personally don't believe that we can have an infinite amount of universes behind that. But I believe you believe
2: in true. God, and you don't believe that God began to exist, right? No, no. Not at all. So you believe that God is infinite. So you're just basically splitting hairs on some things can be infinite and some can't.
4: Not necessarily, no. It's, uh, if God is a timeless entity... In other words, not bound by time.
2: Well, who says the metaverse isn't a timeless entity? Right. Hmm.
4: So, okay, so in other words, just sort of a a B-theory of it just exists and there's no Well, it's not...
2: I wouldn't dignify it by calling it a theory because it's not something that's, like, tested, but you're trying to rule out all possible alternatives. And I'm saying, you know, you also need to be able to test it in order to rule that out. And that's why, as atheists, we usually say, in order to accept a god, a more productive line of argument would be to try to come up with some specific evidence that points specifically to uh, a god actually existing, instead of just trying to remove every possible thing that isn't a god
4: instead of to remove everything right like
2: way. yeah like with with, uh, with scientific reasoning you generally look for evidence that points toward your specific theory right and so i don't think the kalam cosmological argument is I, I mean i don't get terribly excited by it just because it's trying to say well i can't think of anything other than a god that could match my conditions
0: yeah, I mean the other thing is there's there's a little bit of a okay, do you understand that like if there's a if there's an argument that's framed a certain way, you can sometimes take that framing and apply it in another area to help somebody kind of understand why the argument doesn't work, right? So sometimes people will uh give the example of, you know, uh, after this, therefore, because of this. And they want to illustrate how that might not work, and they'll give different examples. And they'll say, like, you know, every morning my rooster crows right before the sun comes up, therefore, my rooster crowing causes the sun to come up. And it's just right. an illustration. It's like a little, you know, nobody would really say that, but it's an illustration of how the argument is flawed when you can see what happens when you plug things in and it doesn't work. And so, what I tend to do is, I look at the frame of God exists and causes this thing. This thing happened, therefore God. And that's kind of the, that's kind of what Kalam falls into. And there's a lot of arguments that apologists put forward that fall into the same framing. And when I take that and I move it and say, let's use a parameter that's not your God, let's look at something that's not your God so that we can just look at the argument framing here. And we can say, uh, if I said gremlins exist and they break machines, I have seen machines break, therefore gremlins exist, right? Gremlins cause broken machines, machines break, therefore gremlins. You see immediately the flaw in that argument, correct? Correct. So if somebody says to me, God created the universe, the universe is here, therefore God, it's the Uh same framing, right? So it's the same argument.
4: Right. But the the argument uh, itself isn't... uh God created the universe, the universe exists, therefore God exists.
0: It kind of is. It's sort of the same Mm -hmm. argument with the Bible. They'll say, like, you know, God wrote the Bible, and I know this because if I look at the Bible, I see Mm -hmm. all these things that are just what a God would do. And the universe thing is kind of the same way. They they, they sit there and they look at the universe as it is and say, this is exactly the kind of universe that God would make. And Mm -hmm. I can say this is exactly the kind of thing a gremlin would break the the uh. fact is i don't know what a gremlin would break cuz i don't know anything about gremlins i've never examined one and no one really that i'm think i think it's fair to say that we can probably discount someone saying they've examined a god and they can tell us what a god does or how it works and the well, mechanism no, yeah, of god no. okay so if we're there i mean I, nobody knows what kind of universe a god would make or if a god even exists there's a there's a line that says things that don't exist can't be the cause of other things which i it's just you know i mean that's it's nothing fancy about it it's just a, a reality and yeah. the idea is unless a god exists It could not have created this universe. It could not have created it in any way that it would have existed. We can't say what kind of a universe a God would create because we don't know what a God is. We don't know what it would create if it even exists or what it would do if it did exist. And so when we're looking at this universe as evidence of a God, we really don't even know what we're evaluating here. We first have to examine this God or have some information about the God in order to make some kind of an informed judgment about what it would do or how it would do it. And we don't have that.
4: Mm-hmm. Well to me that I mean there's a lot of information in there. I mean we've got we've got the sort of the quasi objection of the metaverse and then we've got the Well the
2: metaverse yeah, is not really an objection the, the
4: thing which is not a direct uh comparison uh, to plugging it is. in uh, to plugging in stuff into the qualm itself. I do understand what you mean about, you know, uh, we can't necessarily speculate on what kind of a universe God would create. Um,
0: or if there even is a God that could have created it. Well, no, but
4: the, but, the, the, but the, whole, the whole argument is to get to the conclusion that there is God. So yeah, we wouldn't want to does. say that there is a God, so here's my argument for it. Well, um, but that's
0: kind of what it does. Because at the end of it, when you have just the cause, it has to have a cause, in order to right. get to God, you have to start making assumptions that, you know, and, and the cause is God because <laughs> this is all these types of things that God would do.
4: Right. Well, not, I wouldn't necessarily say it's there assumption. assumptions. I mean, the, at the end of the argument, it doesn't go, therefore the universe must have to exist, or therefore the universe had a cause, and that cause must be God. That's not where the argument cuts then off. Then it's not no, a
0: compelling it. argument for God.
4: Well, yeah, but you have to, you have to, I think, dig down deeper through the premises to get to that point. I mean, it, it kind of seems as if though you're 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 throwing it out there as if though it's a god of the gaps argument. I I think that, And it's only coming across that way because of the way that you're restating it. I don't necessarily think it gets us to that. So
2: uh, so let me address the Kalam cosmological argument directly, because you asked which of the premises are flawed, and I think the answer is kind of all of them. Uh, so, okay, so okay. Both, what begins energy. to exist has to have a cause. Well, that we don't necessarily know that in all, uh, in all situations, and that's where I think Lawrence Krauss's A Universe from Nothing would come in, where he's talking about the fact that matter and antimatter reactions are happening uh-huh. all the time without necessarily a reason. The universe began to exist? We don't know that, and it depends on what you mean by universe like I said at the beginning of the call, and then, therefore, the universe has a cause. Well, since the first two premises are both kind of dubious, then that's just a conclusion from those two things that doesn't necessarily follow. And then, like you've both been saying, even if that's completely valid, it doesn't get you to a god. It's just convenient to call it a god.
4: Right. I wouldn't necessarily say... It. Maybe let's say it would be fair that it fits the description of what I believe that a god is. Okay, what do you believe a god is? Okay, well, I believe that a god is the is a supreme being, a, a maximally great okay. being. Um, so if
2: the Kalam cosmological argument was right, what would make it a being? Where did... I mean, I assume this being oh, has intelligence, okay. right?
4: Sure, yeah. Um... If, uh, so what we're dealing with here is um, uh, an eternal entity, okay? But when we have a temporal effect like the universe, but this also you have to take into consideration that uh, both the first and the second. Uh, basically, the argument is uh, correct. So just pretend with well, me I right mean, now. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. If I said that it was
2: correct, um, what would the next yeah. step be? Okay, so and it's not. How
4: can a um, an eternal entity bring about a temporal effect like the universe. The only way that I see that that being possible is that it would have to make a conscious dis- decision. in so order where for did it. this?
2: So intelligence is one of the Wait, most complicated things we know where already. Did, where is did there? we even
0: get that? What? Like where did intelligence even come in?
2: If, yeah, it, it's part
0: know. of his definition of a god, but I don't know where it. Yeah, it's, that's I don't, my I, point. I, where not did not the intelligence come inserted? from?
4: Okay, well that derives from the premise um, that, uh, that this being must be timeless because if it wasn't timeless then it would be uh, subject to the problem of infinite regress that we run into with the sub-arguments of the second premise. Oh, so,
0: I guess, wait, I have an issue here because, okay, we have existence, right? I mean, yeah, would well, you agree that existence is the things that, there are things that exist? Yes, <laughs> oh,
4: okay. yes I would do that.
0: All right, and It sounds like what you're saying is that you think that, do you think that at some point there was like a state of complete non-existence that existed?
4: No, 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 that would be absurd. I I
0: agree, I'm just trying to make sure we're on the same page. So existence would be a necessary state in your mind, Right.
4: Uh, Existence, well, yes, yes. Okay,
0: all right. So if existence is a necessary state, then why does it need a creator or a beginning or something like that?
4: Well, I'm kind of not following you now. If we can't
0: have a state of non-existence and existence is a necessary state, then what is the use of a creator?
4: Well, if the creator exists, then that would be a state of existence. Well,
0: if, but what I'm saying is, we have things that exist now, and I'm saying, like, for example, I, you know, and I hate I hate to get too far into this because I'm you know, not, any, I don't want to even pretend I know anything about physics. But if you have, uh, like, I'm going to throw out matter and energy, and I apologize to the physics geeks if I'm saying something wrong. But, well, but have. you have, let's say, you have like matter and energy or whatever or, or whatever it is, and it's there. And sure. I guess what I'm asking is why can't it always be there and always be changing
2: well then that's that's where we run into the problem of the uh... the infinite regress why so is that a problem yeah you already believe that there's something infinite out there so how can you also say that well infinite yeah but that's regress? one of the objections i wasn't really given
4: uh... the time to respond to because there's been several sub uh, objections which i okay. appreciate uh... that you're giving me it gives me stuff to think about uh, but if that is a timeless being, then he's not subject to uh, an infinite regress.
0: What if we just have a timeless nature <laughs>
4: okay, that well, isn't subject I mean, to I infinite regress? I suppose, take, um, what? what? In response, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily. I don't necessarily see how we get to timeless nature because I can't. When have, I, I can't. When we have time within nature.
0: Well, we have time within this nature, but what I'm saying is what if there's just a, a natural change that just keeps occurring, changing into different things and, you know, whatever. But what I'm saying is if if I can't say that non-existence exists because that's an absurdity, right, then yeah. I have to accept that existence is a necessary and constant state. And right. it may change, like what existence represents could change. But I don't know how I would defend that at some point, either in the past or in the future, non-existence would exist. I I can't see how I would defend that. I wouldn't say that
4: non-existence exists. Okay, so
0: if this existence is necessary, whether it's in this form or some other form, I don't know why you keep thinking that a creator had to bring it about.
4: Well, because I'm dealing with uh, with the experience that I have. I don't know of uh, any non-existent state of things, Um, I wasn't around for that. Okay, well, do you know of any any gods? You you sort of have to postulate, (laughs) I'm here with the universe, I understand that there's a time, uh, to me at least there's a tense, there's past, present, and future, Um, I do not see how the world could go infinitely into the past.
0: Well, that's an argument from ignorance if we start saying, I don't see how it could, you know, I might not see how it could. That doesn't mean that it has to be intuitively right. uh, You're, you're saying
2: you don't have any direct experience of those things, but do you have any direct experience with a god?
0: Well, yeah, but that would be... Well, uh, then why uh, didn't you start with that, 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 that instead in of
2: this roundabout pseudo-philosophical that's, uh, that's bullshit? I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, no, I mean,
0: the question would be then, was Kalam the argument that convinced you a god exists? Was that what, was that what convinced you to be a theist? Oh,
4: no.
0: Then why are we talking about it? <laughs>
4: Well, because of, well, because of, I mean, wow, that seems a little weird, but um, how is well, that weird? It was a compelling argument, <laughs> but it didn't convince you. What convinced
0: you? you was something else. So yeah, why? Just,
4: just, but just uh, let me tell you. Let me tell you why. That's a good question. Let me go ahead and answer that. Um, you guys obviously know that anybody could get up and just create a god, and then we could have millions of gods, and everyone could say we that do. their god is we the right do, one. Yeah. Well, how do we know which god is the right one, or
0: if any okay. of them are?
4: Sure. What? So, but in, before that seems like a to me that seems like a secondary issue. That seems like a primary why
2: issue, issue to me. If I mean. God is
4: correct, if we don't even believe that, it's possible that a God could exist. It doesn't matter. There is the, any good argument that a God could it exist. It doesn't and matter. I'm asking you what what you
0: what compelled you to believe. I'm asking you what convinced you. Uh,
4: okay, mine was uh, through my own uh, personal leap of faith. Uh, and I was compelled by the uh, the teaching of Jesus of Nazareth. Um, I had a curiosity, and I went with it. And when I went with it, I, uh, you know, I became uh, enlightened to his, uh, into his, into his, I usually don't, they usually share this more in the form of a story, so it's hard to put it into... Uh, basically
2: well, I don't into think we have time for that. But. <laughs> well, I guess Christ. what I'm so asking, though, is
0: what has convinced you What has convinced you that a God exists? Like, what is that thing that you are like, this is God? This is what I understand to be God?
4: Well, that... Um, uh, the belief in a God, I also... I mean, this gets into another sub-argument, which I don't think we have time to get into. I've already right. said that quite a bit, but... Um, Uh, I believe that God is a properly basic belief or that people believe it in the basic way.
2: Well, I'm hearing, oh. I'm hearing two different things from you. I'm hearing these abstract philosophy things like properly basic and, and eternal cause and stuff like that. But then when, when we ask why you really believe in God, the yeah, real reason honestly. is you, seemed, you said you had some kind of direct experience with some. So it seems like the philosophical stuff is just kind of background Layered material on. that you brought in to kind of bolster your sense that the thing you wanted to believe anyway was actually right. Yeah, well, Which is kind of weird to me person, because, like, i I person, believe in tra- I believe Tracy exists because I have direct experience of her, and I don't have to come up with like philosophical, philosophical justifications why Tracy should exist.
4: Okay, but we're we're comparing apples and oranges there. I mean, Tracy is a, a different concept than existence uh, is the same high. though. Existence yes. is
0: the same concept. The thing exists or it does not exist. There's no in between.
4: Well, no, I understand it's a matter of existence, but right. when you're talking about a physical being, there—what
0: are you talking about? You, is God? What is God made of? I'm talking, about, I'm talking of? about
4: a non-physical being. What
0: the hell okay. does that mean?
4: It's a—it's a mind, an entity.
0: The minds well, are mind physical. Know our, our <laughs> properties of <laughs> <and> brains. <laughs>
4: everything there is to know about. Wait,
0: wait, wait. A, a mind
4: is, is, doesn't I, mean that it doesn't exist. Just as okay. he cannot explain everything there is to know about Tracy. And her nature, and her physiological nature. Yeah, but wait a minute! Go minute. I, so much rock rock no, it. I don't So much I don't that. need to have <laughs> every be wrong. wrong
2: when somebody
0: starts to tell me that a mind is, minds are non-physical, I don't even know what that means. I mean, that to me is nonsensical.
2: I've never seen a mind without a brain, and Me a few either. minutes ago you were saying that you can't believe in an infinite regress because you don't have any experience with it. I have a well, mind, and I'm physical. Well, I don't have any experience with... Uh, I'm sorry. I, I wanted to hear what you said, and uh, go ahead and say that My again. Heart. go for it. Would you? About you. the infinite regress. <laughs> okay. I, I mean... Uh, You know, you can't, like, play both sides of the table and say that you can't believe stuff without direct experience with it and then introduce this concept of, like, a non-physical, you know, a not-physically-based mind when all the minds that I've seen are based in brains.
4: So you've seen a mind?
2: No, I haven't literally seen a mind. But I perceive... But you believe that one exists.
4: Right. Okay, and you believe that because someone else has exhibited... Uh, certain qualities that you believe is mine. Sure. Okay. You can map up. Yeah. And I would and I would say that, that is that is fair. Now you don't yeah. have any demonstration that that mind is tied to the body but you yes we do um, what do do you mean we don't have you You ever seen well
0: we have nothing but information that demonstrates it's tied to a brain you can actually watch people go through mental processes with 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 their brains hooked up to machines that will show you what's going on and the other thing is we have machines that can you can look at an image they can hook you to this machine and it can read what you just saw and output something that is very similar to what you were just looking at. So, well, I mean, I it's all stored in your brain. It's
4: tied to the brain. I wouldn't necessarily say the it's no the brain. There is no evidence
0: that it exists separate from the brain.
4: I'm sorry, say that again. There is
0: no evidence to suggest that it, it exists separately from your brain. Every piece of evidence we have about the mind that is demonstrated is tied to physical activity in the brain. There is no other evidence of mind activity outside of a brain.
4: Okay, so I so I don't have any self, is what you're saying?
0: I didn't say that. I said that it's in your brain.
4: No, well, sure. Well, no, but if, if my if my mind is nothing but matter and energy, sure. then it's just following the physical laws that are set in place. And I really, everything are uncomfortable that I'm saying with on this that. show and everything <laughs> they are saying on this show is just. Uh, a Just product what? of the matter mm-hmm. working with the physical law. So oh, there really is blowing. no... I mean, what does the mind have to say about intentionality?
0: What are you talking about? I, I think if physical beings can have intention. My dog or a cat could have intention.
2: Right. Do it you doesn't have that, to that be... Sort of, do you mean, think that dogs and cats have souls? There is no sense of I anymore when you what do
4: that. What are you that? talking about? There no. are
0: animals... There, there are animals... You're, you're saying that you don't believe that a brain can create the self-awareness, which in my opinion is, is... I don't even know why you would say that. Like, why now, what, would you assert such okay, a thing? Okay, and
4: what is self-awareness? Can we can we examine that?
0: You just said it's the it's the self-referencing when you say I. And there are other species that ex- that exhibit this as well. That they understand oh, that their existence. Because I say I
4: doesn't mean that that actually exists.
0: You are self-referencing, right? I can self-reference. I'm not going to play games with you here. We understand what you're talking about when you say I and me. There are parts of your brain that have to do with processes like running your kidneys, for example, that you are not aware of. Your brain has a lot going on and there's this little sure. part of it that is sure. creates that is this thing that you are that is your consciousness or your your self-awareness or your self-referencing that is the conduit right. between you and the external world, between the brain and the external world. You're not really aware of the whole the hundred percent of the brain that's going on here. You're aware of this tiny part of it. That's awareness. And that little part is not running the show. Because you have all this other stuff that you're not aware of that's going on without your awareness. So to think that you are controlling your brain is um, arrogant, and I think incorrect. And I think that you are a product of your brain. I may be wrong, but I think that there is no evidence to suggest that you're, that there's some sort of mental process happening that is divorced from your brain.
4: Well, well and I wouldn't expect I wouldn't expect you to adopt. An idea like that, because that would be a really bizarre, you know, atheist approach to say that you believed in something that was non-physical.
0: Well, some people do. I've met people that believe in souls but don't believe in God. I know people hmm. that believe in reincarnation, for yeah. example, that don't believe in deities. Um, you know, and I. but I guess I'm looking at this, and it's just like when, when to, for someone to say that there can't be intent without non-physical existence, I don't even understand what that means. I mean, a cockroach will run away from me, and as far as I know, that's a completely physical being. It seems to have uh-huh. intent right um,
2: and and also when we talk about whether things are physical or not we have to make a distinction you know that that things which are patterns are not dependent on their specific physical medium like for instance uh the bible can be written on paper and it can be written in you know hundreds of different languages um and it can be not written on paper it could be stored in a cd rom and displayed on a screen which is a completely different physical medium Right. Whether that thing is actually the Bible or not depends on sort of the, the structure of the way the letters are put together and how they're translated. Um, okay, so we, yeah, so we when we that. say things are physical or non-physical, I mean, really what we're talking about is that the mind is a pattern in a brain. Is a
4: physical pattern in the brain
2: essentially i mean to the to the same extent right. that the bible is just a physical sure. pattern on paper
4: right so if, then that's, that's, that's all i would you know that's that's basically where we have concluded we started out at right. qualm and now we're <laughs> we're getting into uh, mind body dualism but, and that's fine right but, and we don't um, believe in mind body, body dualism any know, know, more if, than god if, if, if the mind is just a pattern in the brain that is a physical entity that is subject to physical laws, Mm -hmm. then what is this I that I have any control to do anything? It's all just
0: Why do you think that can't be a physical result? I'm I'm baffled by why you think that cannot be a physical result. Oh Oh. no, we lost
2: the call. Well, I was gonna try to move on anyway, but uh, it was a really interesting conversation, Michael. And uh, you are welcome to call back another week. Uh, Anyway, we got ten minutes left, and we got another Michael in Denver.
0: Hello, Michael in Denver.
2: Michael in Denver.
0: Colorado. Hi there. there. Hey, thank you for waiting.
5: No problem. I wasn't sure how long I was going to go on.
0: Sorry.
2: (laughs) Neither will we. Okay. Yeah.
5: <laughs> anyway, um, just like to say, I'm a big fan, first of all. Um, I, I just kind of wanted to get your perspective from an atheist viewpoint on the desire to end your life or that sort of being a, an option or that whole issue, I guess.
2: Are we talking about
5: you? Um, me, but also anyone, really.
0: Well, no, I mean, I think what Russell's asking is, are you, are you having are thoughts you suicide of suicide? Uh,
5: not per se.
0: Okay. All right. Well, we always okay. want to be clear.
5: No, I, I'm not going to kill myself or something. Okay. If you answer wrong, so okay. Don't so worry about that. Okay. All right. So you're <laughs> just
0: asking in general what would be our philosophy of end of life?
5: Well, I mean, you know, it, it affects me, but it, it's sort of just a general effect. <laughs> sure, sure. Question. Okay. Gotcha. Um. I, I don't know if you two have read uh, The Moral Landscape by Sam Harris.
2: I haven't, but, I mean, Matt assures me that Sam Harris's views are very similar to his own, and uh, I've heard yeah. Matt's arguments about morality yeah. lots.
5: Well, there's a small part of that book where he talked about a friend of his, or I don't know if it's a friend, but an acquaintance anyway, who apparently emailed everyone he knew to say that he decided to kill himself, hmm. and then Sam Harris talked about them emailing him back to sort of try to convince him out of this, and that apparently didn't work. So okay, okay. he eventually did kill himself. And he mm-hmm. made a number of, apparently this guy made a number of arguments as to why this was a perfectly rational thing for him to want. And Sam Harris then asked, um, could it be that someone could want to kill themselves without being mentally ill? And I just, I don't know, I, I personally kind of found that a surprising question.
0: I I don't know what you
5: thought about that. Well,
0: first of all, let's just take off the table the idea of somebody that's, like, chronically ill or in horrible pain. And, I mean, I I think that we can agree that's not what we're talking about here. Is that correct? We're just saying, like, somebody that's physically okay. No, not like someone who's terminally
5: ill. No, Right, right.
0: Um, No. And you're asking, could a person... seem to be more
5: accepting of uh, that sort of impulse if someone is
0: terminally ill. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay, so if somebody's physically healthy and well, and they simply don't want to live anymore, and you're asking, could a person have that attitude and be mentally healthy?
5: In your view.
0: I don't feel quite qualified to answer that That's question. Uh, I would say that I can see different arguments for like a self termination that would... Uh, make more sense than others or be more desperate than others. I can definitely see a range of why a person... Like, there might be a person who's very calculating that has decided they would like uh, to do this. I
2: mean, let me put it this way. I'm very in favor of physician-assisted suicide in extreme cases. So if somebody is, like, you know... Let's say they're going to die in a few years, probably, but they're in chronic pain all the time. There's no chance that they're ever going to get better, and their life is on balance, not worth them living. I think they should be allowed to commit suicide. But then when I put it in those terms, it's really more of a Shades of Grace. You know, it's more of a gray scale. It's like, you know, I would not commit suicide. I really like being alive, and I think that life is worth living, and I think that the experiences that I will continue having uh, are reason enough to keep me alive. But then, you know, I can picture a scale of things getting worse and worse and worse, and I don't know exactly where the line is between me and a person who's in chronic pain all the time, but there is, for me, the line would be way over to one side. But right. but that that line is there, and it's probably kind of fuzzy.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I, I actually, I could conceive of somebody, you know, uh, terminating their life without being desperately uh, depressed or horribly mentally tortured. However, because I'm aware that so many people do, uh, you know, choose to end their own lives under those types of circumstances and because of that kind of mental compromise, you know, obviously this doesn't answer your question, but I would always err on the side of caution. I would always assume the person could be helped and would would benefit from help. Um, And so I would probably be the type of person who would say we should always intervene because we at least need to assess whether or not this person is, uh, you know, capable of making this decision right now or if there's something going on. Um, Now, whether or not we would ever come out of that assessment saying, oh, yeah, they're perfectly fine and they just want to die and so let's let them die. I mean, that I I just don't know. I'm not qualified to say that. If you
2: decide not to kill yourself, you can still change your mind later and it doesn't work the other way.
5: Well, that's true. This brings up two points, though, uh-huh. one of which is that you were just discussing the, your view, which I, I share, that the mind is the brain and so on. Mm-hmm. So is mental pain really different from other kinds of physical pain? And that could also be considered chronic. I suppose. I mean, and that's,
0: the, that's the thing, though. We have different levels of success with mental pain. I mean, the question of whether or not a person would be suffering horribly mentally without any reprieve, I just don't know. I mean, I've, I've talked to people who have had really severe episodes and are just like, my life has never been happy, and I don't know why I'm not allowed to die. And I am so sympathetic to what they're describing. And yet I guess there's this... I don't know. I I understand what you're saying. It's it's a hard question. It's probably better asked to somebody who has more of a mental health background. Um, I I just wouldn't want to say the the wrong thing here.
2: There's, you know, depression is also a mental illness and it is treatable. But I also understand, like, um, from reading Like, there's a comic strip I read of sorts called Hyperbole and a Half, and the person who writes it is mentally depressed, and she's gone to great lengths to describe what it's like being depressed. And I can understand why a person in that situation might be driven to thoughts of suicide. I would hope they wouldn't do it. Uh, And, you know, I think back to what Tracy said right at the beginning – I'm not qualified to uh, really make those yeah, kind of decisions. Yeah, I realize about that. It was a sort of thing in a
5: sort of oh. in a philosophic terms. If that makes
0: sense. Yeah, right. I mean, I can, I can, in my head, uh, you know, model uh, something that I would, I could say, you know, might be a, a person that is competent that could just simply choose to just not care about their life anymore, or not see a point to going on. But I, I'm just not sure how real that model is, or how, you know, if that even would represent somebody in reality at all. And and so, even though I can conceive of it, that doesn't mean that it has any bearing on reality whatsoever.
5: My well, my yeah. second question regarding this would be when we talked about intervention well, you mentioned intervention, how far would that extend? Right. Would that extend to like committing someone against their will or what?
0: Or how long do you try? Or, how yeah. many treatments? How many medications? How many Because I know yeah. in
5: Colorado you can be committed for three months and then six months after that and so on. It has to be reviewed regularly and so on. So I guess it probably differs from state to state but that's Mm -hmm. legal anyway that could be that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with your moral view on that
0: right but it does make me feel good that at least they're having an assessment from a mental health professional which is better than me trying to give an ignorant opinion about it
5: oh I I just looked that (laughs) up myself um yeah but uh yeah of course I, I realize I'm not you're not a psychiatrist so I'm not going for that but uh yeah just sort of you know what your philosophical outlook on it might be
0: yeah, I mean, I can could, I could um, probably imagine it, but I'm not sure how real my imagining is yeah. and how yeah. closely that ties to I,
2: I mean, to I'll, I'll just say again, I don't think killing yourself is out of the question. And I think, uh, you know, a lot more discussion would need to be had about where the line is. But we're out of time, so we got to let you go. But
0: thank you. Good question. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Keep the good work. Thank
2: you. All right. Bye. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, crew. Thanks, Tracy. Thanks. Uh, FTB Con coming up. Uh, see you at Threadgills and uh, also see you on TV next week. Bye. We've got all the news right here. I'm going to stop you right there. I see you about to settle on a day old donut for breakfast? Well, this is a chicken intervention. Cosmic chicken biscuits and chicken McGriddles are now at McDonald's. So just hit that drive through and change your life. For breakfast, you got this. Wake up breakfast.
1: Say good morning to McChicken for breakfast. Right now at your local McDonald's, you can mix and match two Chicken McGriddles or McChicken Biscuits for just $3. Price and participation may vary at participating McDonald's for a limited time.